0: I'm going to talk about uh, Mrs. Bathurst, a story in Kipling's 1904 collection Traffics and Discoveries. Uh, It's often said that Kipling's stories are so densely suggestive as if whole novels were compacted and fragmented into them. It's a stimulating thought, but unfortunately implies, deliberately or not, that novels are the right or natural length, whereas short stories, well, fall a bit short. (laughs) Mrs. Bathurst is exactly the right length. What's Mrs. Bathurst about? We wonder that for quite a time when we read it. The character herself is withheld. She's only first mentioned nearly halfway through a seemingly digressive 20-page story without much detail. Our first witness, Sergeant of Marine's Pritchard, just says, poetically and paradoxically, she looked at me under her eyebrows in that blindish way she had a look in. And she has it, whatever that means. So it's about her, partly. And it's also about the cinema, grasping that recent technology only nine years old, that rival medium to literature in, I think, a magnificent, poignant way. film is only mentioned just over halfway through, but this is, I claim, the first great literary work to hinge on the new invention, imaginatively to seize its uncanny possibilities and to make it a haunting metaphor. The story, which is also about storytelling, has multiple narrators, Various agents of empire, sailors, marines, railway employees who meet and drink beer in a railway siding on a pungently evoked hot afternoon on the coast in South Africa just after the Boer War. They reminisce and get into discussing desertions from the services and the passions that lead to them. And thus, petty officer Pycroft finally mentions a man called Vickery, one of these deserters. The framing narrator of the story asks Pycroft, why did Vickery run? And the answer is Mrs Bathurst, an attractive widow who kept a little hotel in New Zealand. Vickery was married, and a superior man, we're told, but something has happened. At any rate, the previous December, we hear Vickery's in Cape Town when Phyllis's Circus arrives with a new turn of a scientific nature called Home and Friends for a Tiki. That's thruppence. As Pycroft says, this is the biograph or cinematograph London bridge with the omnibuses, a troop ship going to the war, marines on parade at Portsmouth and the Plymouth Express arriving at Paddington. Many early newsreels serve the cause of empire by reminding its far-flung servants of their British homeland. The obsessed Vickery takes Pycroft to the show, which he himself has already seen in order to make sure of something. But Vickery's manner is somehow horribly disturbing to his companion, beyond just his false teeth which click. Pycroft goes on. We were in the front row, and home and friends came on early. Vickery touched me on the knee when the number went up. If you see anything that strikes you, he says, drop me a hint. Then he went on clicking. We saw London Bridge and so forth and so on, and it was most interesting. I'd never seen it before. You a little dynamo-like buzzing, but the pictures were the real thing, alive and moving. I've seen them, said Hooper. Of course, they're taken from the very thing itself, you see. Then the Western Mail came into panic saw the big magic lantern sheet. First, we saw the platform empty and the porters standing by. Then the engine come in, head on, and the woman in the front row jumped, she headed so straight. Then the doors opened and the passengers came out and the porters got the luggage, just like life. Only, only when anyone came down too far toward us that was watching, they walked right out of the picture, so to speak. I was highly interested, I can tell you. So were all of us. I watched an old man with a rug who dropped a book and was trying to pick it up. Went quite slowly from behind two porters carrying a little reticule and looking from side to side, comes out Mrs Bathurst. There was no mistaking the walk in 100,000. she came come forward, right forward. She looked straight out at us with that blindish look, which Pritch alluded to. She walked on and on till she melted out of the picture like, like a shadow, jumping over a candle. And as she went, I heard Dawson in the ticky seats behind sing out, Christ, there's Mrs B. Out of the dense, animated, lifelike throng in the picture emerges like a vision or a ghost, the one individual who matters. The shock of recognition and the incongruity and enigma of Mrs. Bathurst from New Zealand, turning up at Paddington, being watched in South Africa, is the central turning point in the heart of the tale. Uh, For five successive nights, Vickery forces Pycroft to go with him to the show to verify that it is Mrs. Bathurst, and then to go drinking with him. The most Vickery says on these drinking sessions is, let's have another. Only once when Pike ventures to ask Vickery, I wonder what she's doing in England. Don't it seem to you she's looking for somebody? Vickery answers, she's looking for me. He won't say more. And he goes missing, following the circus, so you can see Mrs Bathurst again night after night. At the end of the story, we hear of a charred body struck by lightning being found by a railway line far up country. The only identifying marks some false teeth. Kipling sees the cinema's bewildering potential for romantic, erotic mystery, for obsessive repetition. Uh, The past, the lost object can be endlessly recreated, seized, manipulated, examined, shown to others, for conveying images and knowledge around the world with global impact. And he makes cinema an image of fate. Kipling's unsettling elliptical way of piecing his near modernist literary masterpiece together out of odd moments of fragmented witnessing weirdly anticipates the history of film as we know it. The blindish look of those on screen and their melting out of the picture. The cinema's flickering, disembodied, often tragic fixities. And we are drawn, in fact, to reread the story just as the tormented Vickery rewatches that film with its endless enigmatic arrival.